Hey everyone, and welcome to the Annex Tuesday Night Podcast. The Annex is a community seeking to discover and live life in Jesus. And we hope that this message will help you do just that. If you like what you hear, you can always subscribe. So these messages come right to your phone each week. And you can always check us out at theannexboulder.com or on our Instagram account at theannex.boulder. Enjoy today's message. Happy Tuesday, everybody. Um, Welcome back. We're so glad you're here. My name is Dave Palmer, and tonight we are in the Gospel of Mark. The good news, according to Mark, the story that he recounts of a testimony of the life of Jesus and why that's good news. Well, uh, one thing I think is true um, for all of us, there are many things, but this is profoundly true of all of us, and that is that fear is a powerful force in our life. See, fear can shape um, the way that we choose to do things. It shapes our actions. It can also consume our mind in a really powerful way. And if you're paying attention at all to this election season, one thing that is really true about um, election uh, protocol and the way that people uh, uh, leverage um, our feelings, the way that we operate, is that fear is one of the primary tools used in order to provoke us to make a certain decision. Fear is the anticipation of harm, the anticipation of harm, the feeling that somehow, in some way, soon or later, we will face some sort of harm, and so we fear. In tonight's passage, fear takes a center stage in a really wild way, and I want you to be thinking about these two essential questions as benchmarks for this passage. First, what are you afraid of? What are you afraid of? What do you anticipate will harm you and why are you afraid of it? Tonight we uh, are looking at a passage in the fourth chapter of Mark's um, historical account of the life of Jesus in verse 35 and this is near the end of this chapter And what we skip over um, right before this is actually the most that Jesus talks in Mark's gospel. And he speaks a lot about parables. And I'm going to actually talk more about that on Thursday mornings, There's More Thursday podcast. So please uh, connect with me there. But right after the teaching, um, it says this, that the day, that day when evening came, he said to the disciples, so the followers, the, the people who had chosen to follow him as a rabbi, Let's go to the other side. And they're on um, the Sea of Galilee, um, a lake in uh, Northern Israel. Verse 36, leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. So Jesus doesn't like pack his stuff for this trip. It's spontaneous. This is something I kind of like about Jesus. Uh, He doesn't have to be all planned out. Um, He just hops in his clothes that he's wearing and he's off for a trip. There were also other boats with them. A furious squall came up and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Something interesting about the geography of the Sea of Galilee um, being in, in uh, this part of Israel, it was, the lake itself sat about 700 feet below sea level. So um, as Coloradans, it's difficult to imagine uh, being at sea level, let alone 700 below it. And just um, about 30 miles, I believe, to the north of this lake is a 
9,000 um, foot mountain. So between those two um, landmarks, you're talking about 10,000 feet of elevation. And because of this rather bizarre topography, periodically, this lake experiences sudden and very dramatic windstorms. And so if you are a fisherman, like many of these people were, who were accompanying Jesus as his disciples, they would have been used to these storms. I mean, if you're familiar with the topography, you wouldn't have been surprised, right? So um, they're on the lake, and this furious squall, as this translation says, and waves are breaking over the boat. And I don't know if you have ever experienced um, what it is like to be in a, uh, in a boat or some sort of floating craft in water um, in a situation where you are out of control and you think that you might die, but um, it is a terrifying sensation. And I would say that all of my top five memories of feeling like I'm going to die all have to do with being in water and feeling out of control. So here they are. They're in these boats and these veteran experienced fishermen who spend their life on the lake believe that they are about to die. Verse 38, Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. So while all of this is happening, while these men who are veterans at, uh, at being in the water, doing their thing, um, they're, they're like the real uh, mariners here, mariners, whatever. And um, here's Jesus in the back of the boat, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, teacher, don't you care if we drown? Like, are you paying attention? We're all about to die, and do you not care? He got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. Then the wind died down, and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. So Jesus wakes up from his slumber and he speaks to the storm as if it's a young child. He gives it a very short, curt command and in, in a unimaginable fashion, the storm goes from being these men believe they're about to die to the calmest calm. And um, this is the way the Greek is really trying to translate this moment. And I don't know if you've ever experienced um, this sensation on water before, but there is nothing more magical than the calm on water. Like calm on land, it's like land doesn't move, but water when it's perfectly still has this very like spiritual presence about it. And um, as somebody who loves to surf, one of my very favorite conditions is a windless day when the, when the surface of the ocean is just like totally tight, like saran wrap, and you can skip little drops of water across the top of it. That is what happens in this moment. It goes from being absolute chaos with waves um, coming over the boat to just perfect glass. And the silence must have just been deafening too, right? The difference between the howling wind and just the utter silence. And these, these men are standing there or sitting or whatever they're doing. They're probably cowering in the boat, right? 
And Jesus has just uh, rebuked the wind. And it says that they are terrified. Before they were just really afraid and thought they were going to die. But now they are terrified. And here's probably why. People in the first um, century and many ancient cultures understood water and open ocean, uh, open water to represent chaos and evil. Like it was the perfect embodiment in their mind of how chaos and evil works. It's outside of our control. We, we can't wrap our mind around it and we certainly can do nothing to have power over it. Like once we enter into it, like once we're on the boat on the water, you never know really what's going to happen. And um, in the same way that I think Coloradans have this really irrational fear of sharks, right? Like, um, I, I, can't, I can't tell you how many people I've met from this great state that just are terrified of sharks. In fact, the person whom I, I believe is the most afraid of sharks is from Vail, Colorado, which is obviously an obscene place to be afraid of sharks. She's like afraid of getting in, in fresh water because of sharks. So imagine this sort of like fear, but but it's, but it's wrapped up in just an entire worldview of like, this is what it represents. This is what it is. And, and that in, in this worldview that these, these men um, and, and women believed, the only person that could, or the only thing that could potentially have any legitimate power over the chaos and evil that open water represented was some sort of supreme divinity. And so here's Jesus speaking to the ultimate chaos, like a child, and it responding instantly. And suddenly they realized the thing that they're most terrified of is not the storm. It's the one who has power over the storm. The one who has power over our greatest fears. And so Jesus asked this question, Why are you so afraid? Do you still not have faith? And it's probably too much for these people to take in like what is happening and, and what all of this means. But Jesus is saying this mostly by his actions in a very loud and deafening way that he has the power over everything that we fear the most that Jesus is in control of and has authority of all of the things that we could possibly fear. So, what are the things that we fear the most? What are the things that we fear the most? What are the things that consume your mind? What are the things that lead to action in your life out of an anticipation of harm. And if you're, if you're anything like me, and if you're, if you're gonna take an honest accounting of that question, fear has become just baked into the way that we live and the way that we think. It's like made a home in our mind and a home in our actions in such a profound way that we don't even recognize it as being abnormal. That waking up in the middle of the night in a nervous sweat is just what it means to be human, not some sort of thing that God has something to say about. What are the things that you fear most? They might be fears that are external, fears that are coming from the outside. 
maybe you fear this political season and you fear one or two or maybe other possibilities of what could happen when this person or that person might be elected on November 4th. Maybe it's this, uh, I don't know, small global pandemic going on, um, COVID-19, and all of the anxiety and unknown that's swirling around in your experience in our world that brings fear. Maybe it's racial injustice, right? Like the resolution about that. Or maybe you're a person of color and you experience racial injustice. You understand what it's like to fear something that is not theoretical, that's real for you. Or maybe it's um, just a sort of basic fear of what if my life physically deteriorates in health? And I will share with you as a father, one of my greatest fears is around the health of my children. I fear what could happen to them without my ability to protect them and prevent it. Fears that come from the outside, or maybe it's fears from the inside too. The fear of making the wrong choice that will lead to a failed future, right? Like you're, you're, you're thinking right now, like, you know, what is the right move for me to make this coming summer? What's the right thing for me to study? What are the right investments for me to pursue? And, and I'm with, all in the back of your mind, if I do not make these decisions correctly, if I do not choose the right path, if I fail along the way, then the life that I need to build for myself is going to fall apart. Maybe it's the fear of better options. Maybe you just feel like paralyzed about all of the things in front of you and you are afraid that you will do harm to yourself and to your life if you, if, if you choose an option too soon. And so you feel stuck and paralyzed about your life and where it's heading. Or maybe it's the fear of not getting the things that you believe that you need in order for your life to come together. The internship that you need to unlock the career that you have to pursue. The graduate school that you have to get into, the career that will fulfill you and will measure you as a success or a failure if you, um, whether or not you achieve. What are the things that you fear most? Being alone your parents and the way they think of you. So many things, so many options, so many things that could profoundly shape our minds and our actions. And here comes Jesus. And on this um, abnormal, stormy evening, amidst, uh, um, amongst a, a bunch of people that are probably a lot like us, he reveals in this like crazy moment that he is king over all of the things that we could fear. He is king of all the things that we could fear. But here's what Jesus does not say in this moment, that I have come to calm all of the storms in your life. I have come to eradicate all of the things that you might fear. See, Jesus has this option and Jesus could establish his, his reign and his kingdom by restoring all sorts of authority and sanity in this moment. But that's not the way that Jesus chooses to operate. And stick with us in this series, in this gospel, to understand why he chooses it that way. 
But here's the good news. And this is the beginning of this good news really coming together um, in the Gospel of Mark. That's substantiated by this event, and most importantly, an event that will happen in the future in this story, the cross, dying on the cross, and the resurrection. That in Jesus, there is no harm that could befall us that Jesus has not and will not defeat. That in Jesus, there is no harm that could befall us that Jesus has not and will not defeat. In that quiet, desperate moment of realizing that Jesus has all of this authority and power over the things that we fear most, what he is saying to you and I is this, you, because of me, no longer need to live in fear. I am king. That's the gospel. That's the good news. And that's the invitation for all of us. Let's pray. King Jesus, we, um, I confess and we confess that our life is so often and so profoundly shaped by fear. We let external and internal fears um, consume our mind and shape our daily actions. And yet you have come so that we might not live in fear. That in you is, is the only way for, for true freedom from fear. No other solution to be um, uh, released from fear includes the one who has authority over all of the things that could befall us. And Lord, um, we're afraid of storms. We're afraid of, of failure. We're afraid of, of COVID. We're afraid of all of these things. And you care about all of these things. And yet you've come to deal with our greatest fear, our own life, our own mortality, our own failure to create a life of wholeness. And you do that for us on the cross and you do that for us in the resurrection. Lord, help us to live in freedom today, knowing that there is no reason to fear as your child. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope you enjoyed today's message. Don't forget to subscribe and we'll see you back here next week.